worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put the rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd And you know what that means, it's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast. The podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about all things pop culture, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything because it is all in canon, just like the title of the show. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Phil. Hey, 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 everybody. No, hey. ho, 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 hey, 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 Hawkeye, hey. And Tyler. Hey-o. Hey-o. Yep. So today, we're going to be chatting a couple things. We're going to be catching up on the lives of the past week. We are then going to be talking about what the hell is happening over at Activision. And we're going to tie it into a few conversations that we had last week. And then we're going to be chatting about Hawkeye, kind of getting first impressions, what we thought and whatnot. It has been released for about five, six days now, so be prepared for all the spoilers, but the Hawkeye chat will happen at the very end, so if you still haven't watched it, you know, you can pause the episode and come back to it when you have watched it. Yeah, you gotta pause it, then go, fire up your Disney+, Plus, watch it, then come back and unpause the podcast. Yes. So guys, Phil, how's it going? What's new? Oh, well, as stated, I watched Hawkeye, despite the fact that I started watching it and went, this is too early. Gosh darn it. I am no Christmas. No. And I stopped and then I forced myself to watch it. But beyond that, everybody's been going crazy in my orbit about the new Beatles documentary. You know, it's only like nine hours long. It's it's just a, a minuscule amount of eyeball time. Well, I've tried watching this thing two or three times now. I'm about an hour and a bit, or maybe two hours in. And all I've learned to learn from this so far is how much I liked the Beatles before I saw this movie and how much I don't like any of them now. <laughs> right. So, why, why do you say that? That's um, Well, they're just arguing, right? It's a creative process, and I get that eventually they're going to come out of it with an album that we know Abbey Road or whatever it is. I, I get the place in history, I get the tension in the band and everything, but it's so up close and personal. It is so, it's a documentary. It's like cameras are rolling and capturing all the side glances and the disagreement and the, the anger, the simmering, right? Right. you know, and, and it's uncomfortable for me. I don't like confrontation. Right. And this is all about people avoiding confrontation. So I'm like, Oh, do I do that? Oh, like it's causing a lot of, introspective things like and then there, yoko's there and nobody's talking about it and it's just weird you know like paul doesn't have his girlfriend there and 
George is being shat on nonstop. Like, uh, it's just weird, man. And Ringo is like the peace giver at this point. He's just like, hey, we should all just get along and play the drums. It's just weird, man. Blowing my mind. Right. So I don't know if I have the stomach to finish this. Like, you know, it's it's rough, man. It is rough. I'm going to have to get through it because I can't stop running into people saying that it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And there's got to be redemption in it. I get it. I get framing it this way. I get trying to get watchers or viewers upset at this point so that you can redeem their viewing pleasures later or provide the punchline, right? They just go and the Beatles broke up. Right. Exactly. Weird, man. Right. All right. Well, that's understandable. I get that. It happens. Um, but uh, yeah, that's unfortunate that you're not... Uh, getting the enjoyment that I know a lot of other people are getting out of this. Um, again, so if I do sound a little different, it is because I'm using a new mic. I'm still getting used to this new mic. It is super powerful, a uh, little too powerful. There's not really gain on this mic, uh, but uh, hopefully I sound good, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. Yeah. Your voice sounds buttery. Buttery. So, so, that's, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, right. like Just like butter. you you like you're, Boris. You're you've been in a lot of loud spaces, and you've had to like use your voice, like you've heard sports games stuff, and you can tell like there's a little bit, a little bit of gravel in your voice. What happens to a lot of people as they get older? And like on the old mic, at least on our, I don't know if it comes out to the to the listeners, but especially yeah, like on a, on a episode where you can tell that you're tired or whatever, you get a little bit of like a, the rattle. Yeah. So that, that, that slight rattle and here it's just like no you can hear the the actual timber that's yeah. behind it instead of just picking up that that mid-range rattle yeah exactly um yeah no that's for sure something that i have noticed on this mic also uh yeah my my throat has just been taking an ass kicking with so many podcasts and whatnot um but uh you know the past uh, couple weeks i've been able to kind of chill which has been great it's been a lot of fun but uh yeah so uh, anything else going on, Phil? I, you know, the regular video games, just beating the crap out of Halo, or sorry, Halo Infinite. I'm not playing that much just because I'm waiting for the campaign. Uh, Horizon 5, I've decimated, but continue to do my weeklies. And, right. uh, you know, there's, I, I did splurge on Guardians of the Galaxy on the Xbox just because I'm in an achievement race with people. They don't know it, but it's all, it's everything to me. <laughs> and, um, it's kind of fun doing it over again, Tyler, because now I see story elements because oh, yeah. I almost finished it on the PS5. And I'm like knitting together stuff that I missed the first time. And I'm like, oh, OK, this makes way more sense now. OK, right. this is how I, we got into this, because that person is that person. I recognize that. Right. One. Stuff like that. So yeah. it's fun. It's got my eyeballs occupied. It, 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 it does stutter a bit on the Xbox S, which I believe the. Black Friday summarations came out and said that that was yeah. the highest selling console. Yes. Makes for sense. Black Friday was totally the Xbox makes sense. Series S it's available. People can it's get cheap. It. Yeah. And it's, it's available. You can actually buy it's it. It's available. Because it's a very <laughs> integral part of this. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean, we're what? Like we're over a year in now and yep. PS fives. You still can't get one. I know it's crazy. Like I, I had someone, I had someone who was selling theirs on like the local buy and sell for a grand still. And I'm like, are you serious? That's crazy. It's that is, nuts. 
Like that's just crazy. Like how? Whatever. But you know what? People are going to keep buying it at that price point. Uh, the bots are still going to be doing their thing, unfortunately. Uh, you know, and 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 it's just what's made this so much worse is the fact that you know in-person shopping has pretty much been changed because of the pandemic. So you know, here we are trying to make do with what we have. When we're looking at all these these shortages that are, you know, those aren't ending. Anytime, you know what? So. Again, I'm going to say this again. Every time we talk about this, it comes yep. up. And I'm just going to say it yep. again. This stuff that we talk about on this show, it's all for entertainment. This is the least yeah. of our concerns when it comes to the supply chain and the supply chain shortages that we're seeing. Yeah. Um, you know, we we laugh at Sony. We laugh at Microsoft. We laugh at Nintendo for changing their plans, for, for trying to find semiconductors. But... You know, there are other much more important things where semiconductors can go. Ventilation machines, medical devices and whatnot. Like, you know, those companies yep. are also scrambling. Here in this little corner, mm-hmm. our niche little little corner, where we kind of like I like to say our geek therapy, we 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 kind of chat about this stuff. This issue is huge. We talked about it. I want to say at some point, like in February, March with Tyler um, and, you know, we when we got really in depth about just how bad the supply chain was back then. And now it's so much worse, so much worse. Well, heck, just look at Canada. Like here we are in the, you know, what I would consider a first world country. And the news tonight is just like highways are closed indefinitely on both ends of the country. You know, like supply chain, like stuff isn't able to leave ports. Yep. You know what I mean? Like products can't get in. Food chains are threatened. Like booze is threatened. I don't know. You know, let's 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 talk about some real life stuff going on. Right. Um, In terms of supply chain, you know, we've been getting some incredibly insane weather here in Canada, Uh, both coasts, the far east coast and the far west coast have been pretty much decimated by rain um in bc there's there have been just an insane amount of flooding so much so that the border highways are essentially flooded nothing can get in or out the ports are backed up people can't get can't even get to work um so much so that so um my brother is in the process of moving out there he he got um, someone from Toronto to move out there as well and uh, that's working with him and he was just basically saying that like he's put in a Walmart order for the past several weeks oh, yeah. and keeps getting cancelled and cancelled mm-hmm. and cancelled so he said F it he oh. went to the store and you know it's not as bad as you know what you would think but there are some basics that just aren't available um, you know so you know, it's it, stress. It, it's, it's yeah, exactly. Like everything's solvable, but it's the degrees and the what you accept, and it's stress. And a lot of these people, it's even worse. I can't imagine the poor farmers and everybody else. But you know, it, it's a serious thing to acknowledge it. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Y- you know, we can only go so far by not talking about stuff like that, right? Like, let's be honest here. It's a, this stuff is actually happening right now. It's going to change how we consume things it's going to change what we do in terms of entertainment and what's available 
for entertainment for us. Uh, you know, it's 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 going to change the strategy of things we talk about on this show. Because you cannot tell me that Nintendo, PlayStation, or Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft aren't thinking about how to better distribute their consoles to the consumers. Well, I think it ushers in the whole digital frontier a lot quicker. I think it right? ushers like, in cloud gaming a lot quicker. I, I think the, the cloud gaming becomes a focus on companies like, you know, Google has already been doing it, but Xbox are obviously zoning in on it and getting into digital distribution. Via I mean, I'm going to I'm going to push back on that. Um okay. just cuz I I I hear where you're coming from and I think that comes from frankly like living in Ontario. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's worth remembering that like I'm on fiber here. But literally if if you go up my street, I think it's the fiber ends 100 feet from my door and then like you are on satellite internet. Yeah. Like we're at the end of the line. And it's worth remembering how many people in Canada and the States, like, you're getting satellite internet. And, oh, yeah. Like, no I, I grew up with that. Yep, exactly. And my parents still have it. And it's not great. Yeah. Nope. Like, if you get a storm, suddenly you're without. And yep. the other side being, I, I get where you're coming from, of like, it's, it seems like it would make sense. But you have this one thing of a lot of people don't have <laughs> access to it. and Exactly. We also have aging infrastructure, as we've seen out of the states, especially. So every time there's a storm, more and more of this stuff's going to go down, which mm-hmm. is going to hurt them. Yeah. Yep. And the other side being, that just changes where the processing power needs to happen. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's still a superconductor shortage. They need to get servers that can handle this, and you still need the processing capacity. Well, it's interesting, though, because Xbox, from what we can see, mm-hmm. have accelerated their cloud gaming. Right, like now they're telling people openly, you know what? This supply shortage of Xbox One X's or Series X ain't a big deal. Take your existing Xbox, get a membership that has cloud gaming, and play on one of our Series X's over the cloud. Just have the internet, right? Like you can play it in the browser on the console. Yeah, but it's weird because that was never there until a few months ago. But that goes back to what Tyler was just talking about. That it's, the infrastructure isn't there for everyone. We've talked about this yes. when we talk about that cloud gaming undeniable. in general, right? Like even people yeah. outside of, like I have friends who live outside of Waterloo who don't yep. have proper internet. They're yep. begging and they're waiting for Starlink. And Starlink was supposed to be set up by the end of 2021. Then they said Q1 2022. Now they're looking at Q4 2022 at the earliest they're not going to get any time soon. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, I, mean, we, I don't know if we want to go into that thing, but it's also worth noting that, like, that's such a North American thing, right? And yeah. I think part of yeah. the reason that it is Microsoft is the one that has, is, is doing really well. And I, because Microsoft was able to go, our oh, just open in North America. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, they just got to, what was it? It was Japan, Australia, Brazil, and Mexico. Yeah since october yep. this year exactly and exactly. we we know what microsoft's penetration is like in japan so like that's not killing their requirements yep mm-hmm. exactly we know brazil has like rampant income inequality and rampant problems with who gets access to the internet and when mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It's bad. I, I mean, to the the larger issue, like these these shortages aren't going away, and I think no. you, I think y'all are right that we're going to see a lot of changes. I mean, I think it's, mm-hmm. I honestly think it's going to end up if this continues to 2023, 2024, like it's starting to look like shortages are going to. I think you're going to see a lot of indie games do really well or yep. a lot of like yeah. we were talking about of the rise of instead of the triple A game, the triple B game of yep. like, it's good. I'm not yeah. going to cost you as much and it's not going to be as intensive on your system. But like. We talked about uh, uh, the new Rogue Squadron a while back, and that's a great example of like a lot of people had fun, and it was forty bucks. Yeah, yeah. And and then no, okay, I... and this is a perfect segue into the first news item. Um, you know, so let's just let's just do it. We can catch up on our personalized a little later. But now that we're talking about this, I kind of like where we're going with this. That's you know, it's there's so much more happening in terms of the labor and the workforce. And our conversation last week kind of got me thinking about this a little more. Um, you know, because we were talking about like how you know certain companies are now unionizing things that you would never even imagine would ever be unionized or starting to unionize. Um, Tyler, you were talking about RPG companies um, and things like that, right? Like there, there's there's a disruption in the workforce and the labor force right now and it's happening in so many industries you know one of the industries where we're, we see it the most because we kind of follow it the most is in tech you know uh, five years ago facebook was the darling of tech companies everybody wanted to work at facebook everybody loved facebook Everybody thought Facebook was this great company. Like I'm speaking generally speaking in terms of like the reputation they had for tech employees. Um, but now, you know, we've seen this change. There, we see how shit these companies are. We see the information that they're hiding in terms of, you know, their bottom line, their ultimate goal, their whatnot, and and you know, people are starting to talk out about this. Um, you know, in we can talk about the Activision of the world. Um, That's one of the things Mm -hmm. I really wanted to talk about. You know, over the past, what, six months, they've essentially been sued twice by major government organizations. um, Agencies. Agencies, yeah, that's it. Agencies. Ultimately, over harassment, sexual harassment, and whatnot. The news keeps on getting worse on their front. Oh, yeah. Because now Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo all basically made statements last week saying, we don't know how much of a partner we want to be with Activision given all this right now. We're reevaluating our relationship, everybody. Yep. Like, that's ugly. Yep. When when, When the CEO, Bobby Kotick, is being told to resign by major partners. And we're not talking about, you know, partners like, you know, uh, sports teams. We're talking about distribution partners. Partners where you make your money. Partners where you need to have in order to make anything. To sell anything. Those yeah, three PC big players, market. Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft are telling you, bro, take a step back. And resign, please. And same thing with Steam. I'm sure that if they get pulled into this, they're going to start making some recommendations 
as far as the actions. But it's basically Bobby knew about this stuff going on in his organization and didn't report it to the board. That's where the heat is. Participated. Yes. Which is what's or participated, works. which, you know, that's an alleged, but yeah, ugh, it's ugly. It's not good. Yep. And they're constantly trying to say, no worries. The workplace responsibility yeah. committee is going to make sure everything is good. Reality is yeah, nothing. Like, come on. Like, this is, this is a much bigger have issue. An independent this is a much, that's exactly it. This this the issue at the end of the day right now is that you're essentially telling yourself to clean up from within with the people who caused and spread this issue and made this issue what it is. So how can who's going to be held responsible at the end of the day? What changes are going to be implemented and what's going to be told to the public and the partners about changes that are being made, implemented and results found? I mean, honestly, between the allegations from the Californian government alleging that they have destroyed legal documents, yeah. which is like, yeah. that's a huge problem. Um, and all the way to like the attitude of like, they had to rename a character in Overwatch because it was named after someone who was removed from the company for allegations yeah. of sexual assault. And like it's just it's toxic from top to bottom and I would I would bet like one in three chance Activision Blizzard gets killed by this. Like yeah. I mean like they have thousands of employees are trying to unionize. They're pouring money into anti-union efforts in the middle of all this, which is like just being detached from reality. And I don't know if either of you or any of the listeners have li- did listened in on the um the most recent shareholders meeting but it was it was just detached from reality yeah yeah and, and just you know like i i i can't google your name fast enough they had an executive that got that got promoted into a a vice presidential role or some high up role and she lasted 3 months and basically quit and said that she was marginalized yeah in that role like how insane is that? You you basically, you know, double over from the gut punch of your company's treating people like total crap. Yes. Uh, of, and and just a garbage culture and and encouraging all kinds of disgusting, disgusting behavior on top of all the issues that we've known about that they exploit their employees on their work hours and deadlines and crunch and all the stuff that we always talk about anyway. So we've got all this happening, and then they go, "Okay, well, we know what we got to do. We got to we got to put a woman in a prominent position to save face and to really show we're making a change." And to do this, I get the intent and the deflection, and you know, you have to couple that with actually wanting to do something too, like fix the problem. And mm-hmm. she gets there and she says, "The problem's not being fixed." Yeah, I I can see it. This is disgusting. Yeah, ah, like. My God, I it's just it just looks exactly like Boris was saying. They just keep on doubling over and making crap garbage promises that are detached from any type of reality in just an effort to make people just stop looking at them for a while. Meanwhile, they can't even make good with gamers because 
it's confusing as a gamer. Should you support them? Should you not? Whatever. But they released Diablo 2 and it don't work. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like, the other side where I think we're starting to see come home to roost is overtired, disgruntled employees do bad work. Yeah. Crazy it, thought. It, Crazy concept, eh, guys? Like, who would have <laughs> thought that, like, working your employees to the bone? You know, I mean, it's always bananas how much people, like, have this idea in their head of, like, no, you'll just work harder, and yeah. that'll just solve it. And that, like, every study shows that, you know, once you go past, I think it's, like, six hours a day is, like, the upper limit. And everything yeah. past that is diminishing returns. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like, we used to have a saying... <clears throat> excuse me we used to have a saying in my industry because we had to pull a lot of late nights mm -hmm. i i know boris i i don't know your past work history tyler but i know boris will relate to this because you know you get the bonus of okay i work late tomorrow i'm not coming in till late or whatever or i'm half-assing the day because i know we're gonna have to be work late but i remember i worked with an old welsh gentleman and he just looked at me and he looked at his watch and he looked back at me and he goes no good work gets done after 2 a.m. Yep. No, exactly. Like, we're done. Like, I don't care if we're how much crap we're in tomorrow. We're stopping now because we're going to make more mistakes than we're going to make successes. Well, yep. let's think about this from a pro pure project management point of view, right? Let's just say past 2 a.m. We're going to make more mistakes. You're going to be working slower. Uh, communication isn't going to be there. So ultimately, you're taking a couple steps back. Then because you work late, you're going to either half-ass it the next day, come in late, or not come in at all. So what's, you know, then you're losing more time. You're doubling the time that, you're, you're, that you've done no work or bad work by that point, right? So it, it's just yep. a lot easier. But here's the thing, guys. <clears throat> this is where corporate America kind of takes over is we must have it done yesterday, right? Like, no, like, it, 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 yeah. it's out of the project manager's hand, product owner's hands, typically speaking, um, to say, look, if we leave at, let's say, 8 p.m. and have people come back at 8 a.m., well-rested, spend time with family, downtime, they're going to work better. People don't see it that way. A lot of higher-ups don't see it this way. You know, all I can think of is Cyberpunk 2077 and the yeah. amount of reports that came out that this was the issue. Yeah. yeah, from top of, I mean, what 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 boggles my mind is like way back in undergraduate, my undergraduate degree, I I double I did business and political science, and we've known since the eighties. So you know, I, to one degree, I'm like I I understand back in the eighties, like older executives then, but when it's like all of the data supports this and there's never been a reputable source that goes against it. And every time it's tried in practice, like it just works. And it just, it, it, it's this bizarre thing that I've been struggling with recently is how much we've like ejected any sort. I went when we, I speak very broadly of like mm -hmm. society has just kind of ejected any yep. sense of like, anything matters other than what you internally believe yeah because like you just look you look at every business that does this it's like oh shit right you pay people more and like productivity tends to go up like 
Well, the, right, let's, the, let's take a look. Were, I know we're jumping back and forth, and we're going to get to Activision again. But, you know, we're just speaking in general. The labor force, um, unhappiness, the labor force. What's a good word to use? Um, the labor force, like, uh, the, the crumbling of it. Like, I don't even know how to say it at this point. Deterioration. Uh, yeah, at, at this point, where that's pretty well, much mean, where it's at. But, like, let's take yeah. a look at fast food companies, right? Yeah. You know? Okay. At its most basic level. Its most basic level. You pay people, they will work for you. Yep. What? So, I mean, on that, on fast food, this is one of my favorite things, and I think this speaks to how detached people are. Of This one person was lipping off about how you cannot possibly raise the minimum wage for McDonald's in Ontario above 15 bucks an hour. And McDonald's doesn't get tipped. In Canada, I don't think that they do anywhere. But I just like I don't know who our viewers are, and I just want to make sure they know like they're not getting tips. It's fifteen bucks flat, and he was like, "You can't do it." And like started to run down math, and his entire thing like rests on the assumption that you had twelve employees who were capable of serving less than one meal every two minutes. Yeah, and it's like you. So you've never worked anything like hospitality yeah yep like at a bar that's a slow pace yep yep because it's not and it's it, with, with, with a staff of 12 like what do you think they're doing yep and it's, these, it's this like i'll tell real, you yeah the most efficient place you'll ever work is mcdonald's man oh man i still have ptsd D dreams about just a one-tenth of a pound Yep. Hamburger patties, yep. grilling two clamshells worth, got the buns and the caramelizer behind you. Yep. You know, you're you're pumping out and then the food now goes in a bin. Yep. Well, and and it, was- it, it it bins for like an hour or whatever in these moisture drawers that they have. And then they bin it on top of that. Yep. So I'm like, you're at any point in time, you're sitting on a mountain of food. You can feed an army. Yeah. Like at, at a moment's notice. Yeah. And then and then now look at look at the stupid ice cream machine how much money it costs to buy and even just do anything but they're automating the workplace they're talking about robots to make those got to be divided up into two issues because the ice cream thing is actually like a whole that's a whole rabbit hole we talked about that already once yeah Um, i'm like what the hell's wrong and we're but seeing change. Is, and we're starting to see change there, but I don't want to jump into a new topic. So yeah. Tyler, keep no, going. No, sorry. I, no, yeah, I want. I want to. Yeah, I was like, that's actually a tech issue on the ice cream one. That's a weird separate that's a one. Right to repair. I know. Yeah, I hate the whole thing. Um, so the McDonald's one is like a great example because the reason it's like that was because when they first designed those processes, they were drawing on like what at the time was cutting edge organizational process theory. And we've kind of all just pretended that's not like a discipline. Like it's not a discipline to be able to sit down and be like, here is how you build a process to do things. And that's the reason McDonald's works so well and why you could like are able to fr- frankly train almost anyone to do it is because they broke it down. Yeah. And they've, they've made it like so efficient and they've carved off every bit of thing. And that's because that what it was based on was don't make your employees work too hard minimize the amount of effort they have to do to maximize the return and we've just ejected that across whole swaths of society yep 
And I think the creative industries, and speaking, bringing us back to Activision Blizzard, I think the creative industries have have long hidden behind this fig leaf of arguing that the creative process cannot be processized when it's like that's factually untrue. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look at any comic artist who's able to hit a deadline and they're like, no, yeah, you just make it a process. Yeah, exactly. You know, whether it, and there's lots of different ways to do it. And I'm not saying I know the most efficient one, but that's in the middle of what I'm doing for my, my own business right now. It's like rebuilding the process of like, right, how do I write and just put out words consistently? Yeah, exactly. Yep. And you have to figure it out for you, right? Like, that's yeah. the thing. But every time I talk with my boss, it's about revealing a process, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've figured out a process and how I do things. And I've got spots in the day or guess what i got it pretty easy if this stays quiet eh, maybe i get to watch tv for half an hour maybe i get to read a book for a little bit uh, maybe i need to you know do whatever and he doesn't need to know yep. and i don't need to tell him it goes back to the lower decks last year yeah but that's that's exactly <laughs> it like that's kind of how i work my day like you know people have asked how do i have time to do a lot of stuff the reality is that like what i do takes up a lot of time throughout the day but there are chunks of the day where i literally have nothing to do and rather than sit on my ass mm-hmm. and you know with a uh, thumb up my ass i'm just going to be productive with other stuff you know at the end of the day what? i'm getting everything done and having the time to kind of do this extra stuff is keeping me sane keeping me happy mm-hmm. keeping me wanting to continue to do what i do for you already right so it kind of goes back to what we're talking about it's like you know this 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 um how to keep employees and the workforce and the labor force happy because yeah at the end of the day right ultimately that's what it comes down to and this is where i'll loop it back to activision though yeah it's like let's say what we're all talking about is acknowledged by a corporation where they go hey guess what um these three guys just figured out how to save 25% of time. Yeah. Actually, they burned a quarter of their time. Up it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, more. It's, it's, you, you only it, get punished for success. Yeah. You only get punished by that system. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. That's why you can never tell anybody well, that yeah. you found that efficiency. Like, the, the, that's how dysfunctional it becomes at an organizational level. The things. other side being. Go ahead, Tyler. Sorry. The other side being, just to bring it back to Activision as well, is is so much of that is is creative work, and this refusal to try to processize creativity, and this refusal to like understand that there are like there are minimum path flows, more work hours isn't necessarily going to get you there sometimes, which is a regular problem with gaming companies and law alike. Is just we're going to throw work hours at it, despite the fact that it's like that's not you're hitting scales addition, but you you end up with this fetishization of the creative process that really defends these these harassers and abusers because they're able to have this like smoke and mirrors of but i am the creative that you can't get rid of because they you know they're able to create this brand that they're irreplaceable and i i mean i really like a lot of people but you know there's seven billion people on this planet i guarantee no matter who the person is Someone else on the planet can do their job. Yep. 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 Like we're all replaceable. Yeah. It, it, and that doesn't mean like that. I don't think that devalues you as a person. That's just like that's how no. That's how. That's how commerce works. That's how right. us having but, to. 
that's how you become a better person though is realizing that spot realizing that vulnerability right like when i got sick a few years ago guess what they hired a contractor to do my job and i was like they'll never get it done without me and then i was like oh crap they didn't care Hmm, i have to rethink that attitude (laughs) and i'm like i'm a better person for it okay i'm replaceable all right yeah Let's you know, let's make myself not replaceable by being a good person at work. That's exactly. But Boris, right. you were going to say something. Yeah, I was. I was essentially going to basically say that, like, you know, to to these points, you know, uh, you know, this is one of the reasons why I'm having a difficult time staying in the current position that I'm at right now, um, and that's essentially because it's meeting targets. You know, uh, last year, just to put stuff into perspective. Um, I made 145% of my target. Nice, congrats. Yeah, you know but this tar- year you're going to have to make 165%. Yep. You know what my new targets are? What that yeah. 145% was? Yep. Yeah. And it keeps increasing and increasing yeah. and increasing regardless. And the second you don't meet it, that's when you're on you're the chopping block. I know, is- because I used to work at IBM, and believe me, we were under sales quota. I'd go in, they go, oh, we'd like you to sell 5000 this month. Yeah. Okay. You work your butt off as a part-time employee. You sell whatever, 5000 They go, huh, great. Next month, 10 What? And <laughs> again, that's just, that's bad managers. And, yeah. and I mean, I, I know people, I, I, a former friend of mine was a venture capitalist. And he said, like, one of the things he would do whenever he buys a new company is every, every month he just fires the bottom 10% of employees. And I'm like, that is an insane thing to do. Yeah. Like, cause you don't know, like, is that a bad month? You don't know, like, you know, is, is Boris not making sales this month month? Because he's actually like, he is single handedly holding the infrastructure together. Yeah. And he, he's just like, Yeah. But this is the issue, right? Like, I feel like we're, and and I talk about this when I talk about sports, because this is an issue that I'm seeing in mm-hmm. sports, and that's analytics and statistics backing up every decision that's made. People just don't know how to use their gut anymore. People don't know how to make proper yeah. decisions based on their experiences, their gut, what they're seeing with their eyes, the tangibles, you know, like or the, the untangibles, but they're just using analytics stats and numbers to make very hefty decisions that you know you might here's be correct you might be correct here's, but here's your key word it's a trend line yeah it's based yeah, off I mean, of a trend line they want yeah. a chart i mean they yeah so all of this see. to me being like a stats nerd it sounds like I don't think they're using stats. I think they're misusing stats, right? Oh, There's, yeah. And, and that's oh, a that's, a, is, that's right? a whole other point right there, Tyler. That's a whole other point. There's a, yeah. things that I like to call bad metrics. When I was at BlackBerry, yeah. one of the things that a lot of people tried to make me do is get mm-hmm. metrics out of employees. So, for example, our yep. uh, technical writers, how many um, topics they created, how many words they got out on a whatever how many sections they finish and stuff like that but okay that's giving you part of the story but why do you want to use those numbers to make those types of decisions so things like that i always called bad metrics and i didn't care what management ever told me i always said i will never create bad metrics reports for the powers that be that's at best at best an incomplete metric right because it's saying like 
what what is their speed and you're like freaking he had the hardest section yeah and what's the quality and what's the quality of of someone who's like blowing through shit yeah well and then i mean i see the same thing when i have to do marketing work of how much people are obsessed with vanity metrics yes and I, i i've always said like you know i would rather have a thousand people who are willing to spend 10 bucks on me a month than 10,000 people willing to spend a buck on me a month. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because those thousand people are a lot more committed already. Like mm-hmm. I can tell that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The other people you're transient, right? Like they're just, well, yeah. Yeah. Like, when they're only willing to spend a buck, you're like, okay, well, like I got to work harder for that buck. And that doesn't mean like, don't try to grow your shit, but it's people who are like, well, I have, you know, a, like 43 million Twitter followers. And you're like, all right, but, run that through an algorithm to figure out how many are bots and it's like 80 percent like oh so this is useless yep that's why yeah. it, i it, get so I, many likes and i'm like but how many sales do you get off of that yeah. it's all vanity that's why i love marketing company not mark like yeah marketing companies and advertisers who for example um on podcasts and whatnot for some reason <laughs> they give a shit about number of followers you have on on the various social media platforms Oh, so they're, they're competent. They are capable of doing their job. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like at the same time, what, you know, we could have 600 actual users sure. and podcast B could have, you know, 13,000 bot users. Yeah. Yeah. There are ways yeah. to weed it out, but you're not getting through the first uh, corridor. You're not getting through that first test. You know, if you present those base numbers. Sure. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, any, any, ha- I mean, halfway to get decent marketing, you're also going to make that call. Like, we're off in the weeds a little bit. You have to make a call of like, yeah, at yeah. some point, it's, it's too small and not worth it for you. But I mean, I, I, I've done ad, I've been moving over to like the ad buying side recently. And the number of people who cannot provide you any information, it's like, yeah. well, then why the fuck would I buy from you? Like, exactly. it's like, I know. Yeah. Well, it's not that they can't, it's they don't want to. Well, I mean, <laughs> If you tell me you can't, I have two options, and it's yeah. either you're you're lying to me or you're incompetent. <laughs> I don't love either. Yeah, exactly. At that point, it's like you're you're it's a no. At that point, you're cutting and running. Yeah. At that yeah. point, you know, you're uh, the CEO of Ubisoft being asked the shareholder meeting. Did you not care about the sexual assault at your company, or were you unaware for some reason? And yeah. your response was. Neither actually, it's like, no, those aren't those are your only two options, yeah. But oh, is it man. safe to say that more news, whether it be Activision or Facebook or Microsoft or whomever, um, this w- these whistleblowers are coming out and actually talking about stuff because of the general labor unrest, or is there just something else going on? in the tech industry that we just haven't hit on just yet. Well, I think it's, I think it's larger unrest and it's the, um, I mean, frankly, we, it, we're, we're seeing what happens after every, fe- every pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. after the black plague, after the Spanish flu, you get these waves of unionization. You have a shortage of workers, which means that the power and the, and the, the differential negotiating power is shifted. And, you know, 
this is just what happens. And I think it's combined because we're seeing it across not just tech, right? Like we're seeing it in John Deere. We're seeing it in the coal mining industries. Like when you have, I think it's, I think it's West Virginia has the coal mining industry yeah. like trying to unionize in part to like the coal miners are, are unionizing in part to like go green. Like they're going to unionize and try to force the company to in part, like help them all transition to green jobs. Cause they're not, yeah, it's as not much as like we all treat them that way. Like these people aren't idiots. Yeah. Agreed. You know, they're, well, yeah, I, I I think we're I think we're seeing more unrest. I think we're seeing more people who are pissed off at rising corruption, rising issues. As well, like I just think, especially with the Facebook stuff and all that, and seeing the level of understanding that people are taking on about the degree of impact Facebook can have on society. If we look at the electoral process, people started figuring out, oh, my actions in this company have repercussions the Cambridge analytics stuff and all that. They got a bunch of millennial people, like younger people who were good with numbers and and, and whatnot to do a lot of terrible things. And then those people saw it after and to their credit, they're like, get effed. We want out of this. Right. And then you put in the pandemic now and you just see these, these companies. And I think that that's where a lot of the whistleblowing comes out of is that inequity of morality that's going on, not only in the work environment, my goodness, you know, I encourage people to stand up if they're being pressured like that at work. But if the job you're doing is evil, like, <laughs> or you start having second doubt guesses about it at night, like, my goodness, like when, when you could sit there and go, oh, yeah, we had a memo. We realized kids were offing themselves because we were doing this. And we made the decision, number one, to not acknowledge it. Number two, to turn that up to 11. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I mean, like, it, I don't know how people could sleep at night considering you can't even leave your house anymore. You know what I mean? Like in it, that whole lockdown. It also boggles my mind that like <laughs> the American election affected them a lot more than a genocide in Myanmar. did. <laughs> like that's fucked up. Like that is just like, oh, yeah. I think I think we as a species might be in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's a whole I'm other can of worms. I just took low-hanging fruit on that one, but yes, you are correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think what we're all kind of saying is, if I may kind of pull the bows and Please. stuff together, is yeah. this Activision Blizzard whole situation is really, it, it's a solid crystallization of a lot of other issues we're seeing in society right now. And a lot of trends that are kind of coming to a head and if you were let's say writing a fiction book to comment on it like you couldn't create a better example than Activision Blizzard yeah, yeah. for evil corporation yep that's pretty much where we're at oh man what a what an absolute shit show things are but we're gonna and be ladies following and gentlemen We've we've tried to avoid the Activision scandal in the sense that we thought we had an interview for it lined up and whatnot. Uh, and we've not talked about it up till now. Well, so here's yeah, the Activision episode. <laughs> we have I have talked with a few people who are part of the unionization effort, right. and they they are doing their best to go with the union, and given their current situation. With and the union strategy, that is why they are not willing. To, they are not yeah. willing to talk this at this yeah. time, and I can't fault them for being like, 
I respect part that. of our strategy. And I'm like, rock on. Exactly. Yeah, they don't they don't need a headline coming out of a podcast to to dissuade their efforts. But yeah. precisely, they're, I'm just acknowledging are... that we've never really given it any air light. Yeah. And it. the reason why, like, it's because like I, it's talking about just like headline stories. Any podcast can do that. I like going in depth. So last week when we were talking about labor unrest and the changes in the workforce, it kind of made me think about like the tech industry in general. Uh, over the past week, we've been seeing more headlines about this Activision stuff, as Phil mentioned, with the three, the big three, basically telling the CEO to step down, bro. Um, you know, so it just, I felt it was a good time to kind of have this conversation and tie it and try to get like a, an it's canon discussion about this that just doesn't read headlines off because any yeah. effing podcast can do that. That's not what we do here for the most part. So, yeah, uh, yeah. And if you're an employee who is having a shitty time at work, maybe look into having a union. Maybe watch Newsies. Really, Newsies, the terrible Disney movie starring Christian Bale, <laughs> separately, straight up teaches you everything you need to know about a union. Straight up. Here's how you organize. Here's how you recruit people. Here's how you make alliances. Remember, you're just a union if you all agree you're a union. That's how it works. It's just, it's like, it's like corporations and money. We just all agree to it and it magically happens. That's two weeks in a row we've mentioned. Who's <laughs> literally going to say, we've been back for two weeks. That's two weeks where we Everyone talk about Everyone needs newsies. to watch Newsies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're a union because we says we is. Uh, Anyways. I, I don't disagree with anything you said, but I still, I, there's not much I could say. You're yeah. like, why, why is Tyler obsessed with Newsies all of a sudden? <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, so, Phil, let's get to the next news topic. Yeah, Phil, look, at, look, at, look, at what, look at what you did, Phil. You tell you start talking about stuff and look at what we end up talking about. Yeah, I thought we were supposed to dial down the intensity. Come oh, <laughs> on, no, Phil, let's start no. a union. <laughs> <laughs> the It's Canon Podcast Union is coming at you. <laughs> uh, Tyler, what's new? What's going on? What's going on in the life of Tyler? Uh, I got a Kickstarter at. 169 nice percent uh, <laughs> earlier today. Um, so I'm sitting pretty happy with that. We hit our we're nice. hitting stretch goals. Nice. Um, it feels really good. We got a really solid number of people who are uh, uh, sitting on the like remind me list, cool. which is a phenomenon cool. on a Kickstarter. Food. Hmm? I said cool. Yeah, it, it's probably on Kickstarter people who are like, I'm going to watch this. And maybe I'm going to join, and usually a, lo- a decent number of them will jump in at the end. So I, I think we're gonna we're more to the double gonna we're more than double gonna hit what I was after. And then it's a lot of writing, and a lot of indie games. Honestly, I just I'm on an indie game kick right now. Like That's what? Good. Like weird stuff, like Patron, which is just like. It's it's a town building game where it's it's hmm. the pitch is, you know, you're very much like in the 1600s or something like that, like starting a colony. On uh, like from 12 people, and when I say starting a colony, like it, it's it's in some hypothetical world where there is actual terra nullius, like there's no people there. You're boost, you're kicking out. 
Um, it's just like it's it's a city builder game where it's like ah you got like a little little island that you're trying to manage and you know the the royal family sends you demands or it's like hey you're a prison colony now whether you like it or not and you're like ah guess I'm dealing with this yeah um techno I got sold on techno Babylon honestly because I started talking to the, one of the developers on Twitter because uh a a a Nazi was bitching about his game publicly and I was like. Yeah, a Nazi bitch about your game and your game's on sale for four bucks. I'll buy it. He doesn't like that there's a <laughs> gay robot. I'll play a game with a gay robot. Hell yeah. Sure. Yeah. This man's a goddamn coward. And then the last bit of news is a, bo- a book I wrote and kickstarted in 2018 and then went into the nether realms of just like. I wasn't the project manager on this. I was just the writer and I'm not trying right. to throw anyone under the bus, but like it hit every goddamn challenge a, a, a project can hit. Yeah. Like what, like one of the artist freelancers took their, like their advance and disappeared. So like, that's a chunk of the budget. That's just gone now because it's gone. Now we got less. Do yeah. More. And it's like, oh shit, I gotta deal with this. Well, but it also causes delays. Um, and people we had that. two members of the team get like exceedingly sick and mm-hmm. a small company, a lot of freelancers. We are in a state where, you know, if someone gets sick or someone has a situation like uh, the project just doesn't move forward. Yeah. But the point is we got the, the it's done. It's edited. It's done in layout. We sent it to the, the company that we're, we we are licensing a small bit for the game because it's for Call of Cthulhu. They sent back the licensing changes needed today. And they were like, I don't even have to do anything. They're so simple. It just goes to the layout guy. Hmm. So it was literally like, oh, uh, this logo needs to be like five pixels by five pixels bigger. And this verbiage needs to be very slightly different. And you're good to go. So finally, (laughs) more than three years in the making. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. It was supposed to be out in 2018. I'm such a better writer now than when I made this. And I, if they let me, I would rewrite it now. But like, I shouldn't because then it's just going to lay it more. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. another year. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I don't think I've done any. Ma- I haven't been allowed to do major changes on this since 2019. So like, I'm really excited to find out what I wrote. Yeah. That's actually hilarious. I love looking at stuff like that because, like, even I've dabbled in writing, and I take a look back now at like when I really started and and where I'm at now, and it's just like holy shit. And we're talking like you know six months. Yeah. A friend of mine who's an artist who I collaborate with a decent amount made a really great point, and they said that you know if you are looking back at your work. And you're like, yes, I was the race. You're not like, ah, shit, that's a lot better than I had any right to be back then. Or you're not like, boof, I've gotten so much better. You're doing something wrong. If you look back at your old work and you're like, I truly a genius. Like, (laughs) yes, probably the only way you're in trouble as a creative. Because it's just like you have no capacity to to understand how you are or are not. You have no critical thinking. There's there's (laughs) three places where I really take a look at myself and my own work like that. And that's with my writing that I do at Mm -hmm. slamwrestling.net. You know, so so obviously. And and then, Tyler, you know this. Like, I've been very, you know, I, I feel like when I moved here to Canada. I was put in ESL classes, even though I can always speak perfect English. I was always told, you know, 
that I couldn't do it. So like, I've always been very iffy when it comes to my writing. Like you've read my writing. You have zero, like you've had very minor uh, notes and stuff anytime I've sent you something. Um, but it's always been something in the back of my mind, right? Like that I'm not yeah. a good writer. So, you know. Well, it, it's super easy to get like self-conscious with that kind of thing yeah. too, right? Like exactly. it, it's, I mean, yeah. So I think I've only really seen technical stuff for you, but yeah. Yeah. So now that I'm doing more actual writing, I take a look mm -hmm. at back when I started. I'm like, hmm, interesting. You know, I've obviously improved. Uh, the second is... Uh, photography i take a look at like even editing <coughs> we're talking like the actual editing of the pictures not the, not even the the actual taking of the pictures like um so mm -hmm. let's take a look at the full package at this point and i'm like wow it's crazy just how much better how much more i've improved in in just like two or three years and then the last one where i, I know i do this a lot not just mm -hmm. because i have so many shows and even last year during our Christmas break, when we released episodes from our first run, that's in podcasting. I see how much I've improved as a podcaster, especially a host. Um, and it's just like, you know, and I continue trying to improve, especially now that I'm kind of getting more and more on the radio side with Sunday night's main event. You know, it's something yeah. that I'm really trying to improve on and get better at and do more broadcasting as opposed to narrow casting and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's such different skills, right? I had my first ever, like, live on air actual play of an RPG last week, mm. and like had a producer who was doing the stuff of like that we don't do, but it's like, all right, you got twenty seconds till Mike's live, and I'm like, I have what? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Yeah. All right, we're going sure. to an ad break. We're doing what now? So, oh, it's not gosh. easy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's funny though. There's one thing that happened to me. When I was married, um, my now ex-wife pointed out, because I, I had just gotten a digital camera, right? Like, I was like, oh, okay, I want to go out and be a photographer. I want to take better photos, right? And I was taking, like, trying to read books about how to do it and stuff like that. And anyhow, I, I started focusing in on different things, like textures. And I started photographing textures and, like, these little leaves and things like that and patterns mm -hmm. that I'd see. And trying to frame them in the shot and everything. Yeah. My now ex-wife looked at it and said, what the hell is this? Why are you wasting your time? Uh. And I found it was so discouraging that I didn't do it anymore. <laughs> and then I just uncovered that texture photography is like a thing. It's like, a okay, thing. I'm yeah. not weird. A huge like, thing. This is, yeah, I didn't know at the time. It was Literally, this week's episode of Bob's Burgers is about that. Oh, my goodness. Tina's taking, trying to take these really close-up photos of leaves and stuff. Yeah, well, it was, it was actually like checking out Peter McKinnon's channel that it yeah. dawned on me that, holy crap, like, this is an actual avenue of photography. Like, some yeah. of the stuff that I did back then, hey, you know, just like you say, wasn't brilliant, but the intent was there. I remember the thought. But everyone's got to start somewhere. Like, that's exactly. the thing that pisses me off. It's like, oh, why are you wasting your time? And it's like, you never know. Exactly. Either yeah. this keeps your this person sane, or they're the next like goddamn Spielberg. Like, I know it, it. It's just so funny when I look back on it. Now, that is, that that's like, actually hilarious. Changed, all things considered, especially considering that person. I bet you the camera that she used was that camera that you were taking those pictures with. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm angry on your behalf now. <laughs> I love this story so much more for so many different reasons, uh, but. Um, <laughs> 
yeah, I forgot where we were gonna go with that. Uh, yeah, no, just <laughs> I, I, I had like the next topic in my mind, um, but I can like feel yeah, Boris just, is like, oh, I'm getting so much better as a as a <laughs> podcaster and a host than I used to be. Anyways, what was I talking about? You pieces of shit. (sighs) You you set me up so good for that one. I know I did. I know I did. Oh, it's ridiculous. The the other issue is is, is I'm still playing with my mic. I'm trying to find like the perfect location for my mic um, just because the gain is so uh, high on this mic. Like, it's not even in frame of my camera. It's like way out there and i'm just trying to like get find the right uh levels because i don't want to sound like i'm beating the mic uh and i don't like hearing my clicks and i know you can hear my clicks (laughs) we can hear your clicks yeah (sighs) fucking see there it goes again your mom tried to get you a nice mic uh and sister and sister and sister sister they're just doing this out of love man like, no no it's, it's, i love it it just i know i saw you cast it down on twitter today you're throwing shade at it you're no like, i don't know no no no, do no, 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 no. i said it's too nice. it was more of i'm casting shade at my personal life because i said just like many things in my life it's too good for me too good for you i asked that, that that's it. that's what i used not that this mic isn't good this. No, it's you just, said the mic was great. You said that you yeah. weren't good enough for it. I wasn't good enough for the mic, is what I said. To yeah, be, that's to what be I'm exact. Uh, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so yeah. Um, moving on. I think we, we are went at... into the weeds. Just like the clunk. That's our. It, that's got to be one of our worst transitions in years. Yeah, one hundred percent. I just think we need to own that. That was a rough one. There was. Oh yeah. No yeah. way. To recover on that one, like zero. No, yeah, zero recover. You, you gotta, you just gotta own it, and be like, yeah, that happened. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, so we're along. gonna move on, and it is time to talk about the main event of the show. And the main event of the show is going to be none other than Hawkeye episode one, episode two. Uh, as I said, if you haven't watched the episode just yet, you should probably pause. As Phil mentioned earlier, go to Disney Plus pause. right now. Find it, Hawkeye, watch both episodes, come back to said podcast, and unpause. Unpause now, we're back. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, But general impressions, guys, Tyler, what did you think of the episode? I, (laughs) we were, this is another one I got to watch from Partner Ash. And yep. uh, we were both saying, though, like, we expected, like, more Disney+. Plus. We're very seldom upset by watching anything Marvel, right? Like, we're not... Even a bad Marvel movie, most of them are still decent. Like, most of them are like, oh, this is better than most action movies. Yeah. And we were like, this is actually better than it has any right to be? Yes. Um, Ash has known Haley Stanfield. Haley Stanfield? Haley Stanfield? Steinfield. I always... Huh? Steinfield. Steinfeld. I always get it wrong. E-I-N. It's Seinfeld with a T. I'm going to do my best. But Ash was saying like, oh, she's a lot better of an actor than she used to be. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And and the two of them are really good together. Like They have such good chemistry. Yeah. It's real solid. Yeah. Bill, what did you think? I didn't like it. 
<laughs> yeah, but you're angry uh, at the world. I, you're your old man yelling at clouds no, nowadays. No, no, it, it wasn't as you're, bad you're, as I you're, thought it was. You and Ridley Scott are like BFFs right yeah, now. I was, gonna, I was gonna say Phil and Ridley Scott have a standing drinking night where they just yeah scowl just, into their scotch, and then Alan yeah, Moore shows burr. up and says, rrr, rrr, rrr. "Yeah, the whole industry is messed up." <laughs> That's what we do. No, Alan Moore, I think, is too, um, I don't know, if you've read recent interviews with Alan Moore, like, that man, I think, doesn't give fucks anymore. He's like, no, of course it's fucked up. Life is meaningless. Anyways, out into the moor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it wasn't It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. It's a little over christmas Uh I enjoyed the second episode i thought the little nod to the thanos thing of the urinal was a little bit weird people are reading into that a bit too much that thanos was right and all this crap oh my god like it really i've just seen some i i guess maybe i'm indifferent towards the show i don't see any glaring issues with it other than it's taking place at christmas so okay i'm over it um the biggest thing that i have to complain about it is seeing the coverage that I've seen of it is a dog pile and it's just keeping me away from it and sometimes so that stop, adds stop reading that stuff stop watching that stuff yeah well, be, I, I did be your I did. own like, person Phil enough of it. be your own person no, or I'm don't right. whatever you want you do you <laughs> if you can't be your own person that's fine just no, don't be Elon Musk I just I just saw something that caught my eye, but I was just led to this whole little thing where I'm looking at the headlines and I'm like, this is an interesting subculture. Like it happens with a lot of the stuff that we talk about where I just look at stuff, not to form my opinion, but just to be like, Oh, what's the coverage? Like, I'm just curious. Or what's my timeline? Like my timeline's generally pretty happy about MCU stuff. It's not a cesspool of it. And I don't see, people going crazy about it but i don't see like and that's kind of i'm ambivalent towards it it's it's just like you say disney makes a great product there's nothing wrong with it it's going to be entertaining i know have you okay have you reached (laughs) because i need to we need to figure this out phil we gotta get you happy no more with this angry phil we've been seeing on or hearing on the podcast the past (laughs) few weeks phil is it um that it is what it is. It's just another show that may or may not mean anything in the greater MCU. Like, what is it? I don't really care about Hawkeye. Okay. Well, I, I don't. I, I don't like the actor. I don't like the character. I, I mean, just I think, find, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think both of those are like fair. I mean, the Hawkeye, the character, has been prior to this like painfully, literally, like painfully, barely developed. And that's yeah. fine. I, I mean, I think that they're doing the right thing if they're kind of leaning into it of like this weird thing of he's like the other guy from the Avengers. And it's like, yeah, but who's left? Like he's the only Avenger yeah. left. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Like the Ronin stuff is the saving grace for me. Maybe that because I did find an endgame. The Ronin character was the most interesting, like seeing Jeremy Reiner's take Hawkeye to that spot. And I know they did it in the comics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was very curious about it. I thought that the whole auction with the sword and everything was kind of cool in the outfit. I, it's just, you know, it's just hot. It's, it's the same way I felt about black widow. Blah. Like, blah. And that's Scarlett Johansson. And I have a 
lean heavily towards Scarlett Johansson, like liking her. And I'm like, eh, it's just Black Widow. I just she's already dead. And this is a story that, you know, I I enjoyed Shang-Chi or whatever the, the legend. Yeah, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. So- I enjoyed that very much. So that was fantastic for me. All right. So before you continue yelling our clouds, obviously, a lot of people agree with you, Phil, that it is Hawkeye. It is just another character. I know that Hawkeye tends to be kind of like the lowbrow character. And I kind of like that, that they kind of make fun of that and they use that in this show. Um, But, you know, after week one, it is already 40% behind Loki in terms of audience. Yeah, that's also Jeremy Renner versus Tom Hiddleston. Like, yeah, yes. there's that. There's there's also the fact that you put it up against the Beatles documentary, which has been talked about nonstop for years. Also, it wasn't marketed as heavily. Also, yeah. also on Thanksgiving weekend, American Thanksgiving weekend, we have Spider Man coming up, which is sucking up so much of the oxygen in the yeah. room. Oh, it's ridiculous! Also, so we have to your point on Spider Man, Tyler. I'm going to stop you right there. Um, <laughs> I got Spider Man tickets earlier today. Um, actually, not I didn't. Andrew did. Uh, Phil, you know Andrew, the guy who helped yep. you get your PS5. Good, good He's guy. Helped me with PS5. Biggest Spider Man fan has been since day one. Yeah. Um. He plays but, it a lot when I see him on PS5. Yeah. But uh, the other thing there is he was able to get his tickets Thursday, 7.30 p.m. He logged on like an hour later. Every show was sold out for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Wow. Yeah, I mean, part of that is is early metrics, which admittedly were pre-open pre-sales, but like, I, I didn't have the time or the brain power to go into these metrics, but this is it's based upon like engagement with the media so far and like the number of people who have said that they're gonna pre-order is like this has a chance to beat endgame for opening weekend. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, Which is bananas. It is bananas. All right, so that's Spider-Man. We're going to be talking a lot more Spider-Man over the next three weeks. Tyler, go ahead. I just realized something. Something came out of the old man brain here. Part of the reason why I was not in a good mood watching Hawkeye is because I watched Venom 2, that carnage crap. Oh, my God. That was a terrible freaking movie. Yes. That was... I told my friends, I'm like, I did not like that movie. And my friend is like, hey, my teenage son loved it. And I'm going, nope. Don't that do is it. a movie made for teenagers, though. I mean, I, said, I totally get it why a teenager would love that movie. But that is not a good movie. This is not a good movie. And then my friend came back to me and goes, Phil was right. That was not a good movie. <laughs> like, I really put myself in a bad MCU spot when you start a Friday night. With Venom, there will be carnage. The only carnage I saw was the toilet bowl. Oh, Oof. disgusting. Oof. That was such a terrible movie. Woody Harrelson did a bad job. I've, yeah. ne- I've never seen him do a bad job. Like, he completely mailed in a Bruce Willis. Like, I'm just like, whoa. You Shit, took a crap on screen, and I watched it. It's garbage. Pure garbage. So I was I was angry, and that's why, another reason why I had to stop Hawkeye and then pick it up yesterday. Right. I was like, eh. 
So much <laughs> anger in you, Phil. So much freaking anger. But I'm not angry. That, that carnage has a lot of anger issues. <laughs> All right. So going back Boo! to Hawk- Jesus. Who Wendy Chesterberger? <laughs> Were you going to say something earlier, Tyler? I mean, I was just going on about how, like, <laughs> yeah, it is doing less well than Loki. No shit! <laughs> like <that's... laughs> I'm just saying. I'm reading headlines. Like, no, no. Selling news. We can talk about it. Uh, it's fine. It's just like, <laughs> look, they had Owen Wilson. They had, yeah. like, like, you had Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. Or yeah. Jim and Haley Steinfeld. Like, that alone changes the opening numbers. They had Mackie, like, Winter Soldier. Like, come on, man. Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, and, um... And then you have the Olsen with, with, uh... Oh my God. The like, Olsen. <laughs> the Olsen. <laughs> the Olsen. That's well, how old I am, everybody. The, I mean, plus, I mean, plus WandaVision and Loki, especially, had, like... Those had marketing campaigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they also hit demographics really well. They hit demographics yeah, really well. They had marketing campaigns. And they are the ones that are the most that are the easiest sale for why they're interesting and relevant. Yeah, like, like, look, if you're a big Hawkeye fan, I'm really happy for you that you get this series <laughs> to celebrate and, you know, view the post MCU Infinity Saga through a lens of Hawkeye. I, I'm genuinely happy. I hope you get your purple t-shirt with your target on it. Like, I mean, seriously, I have no, I have no problem with the character. He just doesn't really excite me. That's all. I mean, that's it's the, good like, for fans. Well, I mean, that's part of the bit that they're doing is there aren't really Hawkeye fans. And, yeah. and again, they're playing with that. And I really like them. That they're playing with that. And, yeah. you know, it's... Well, the, the, the bonus point of this show is they're actually probably going to make me care more about Hawkeye at the end of it. Yeah, well, they're basically doing my life as a weapon. Like, I think there's a couple of bits from this which are just literally like, oh, yeah, that's 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 the scene from that's that's three pages in my life as a weapon. Yeah, I downloaded that. I haven't read it. I just was like, I'm going to read a Hawkeye comic. No, <laughs> it's it's probably well, I, I would argue it's the best Hawkeye comic ever. I have heard. And that. one of the best comics ever. Hmm. Maybe I will read it. I'm not saying it's it's the best comic. I'm the first to say that like there's a lot of shit out there, which makes it like it's not hard to be the top 10% of comics. Oh, well, I, I will also say this. Boris will like this. I was a bit, bit of a Green Arrow fan. I had Sorry. a Green Arrow action figure growing up. He had little tights on. He squeezed his legs and he raised a bow. I think Boris is gone now. He's just giving up. You guys keep talking. I'm good. No? <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys. No, but that, that's that's great. Uh, what did you think of it, Boris? <laughs> um, I love how you inspired some of the longest conversations we've had on the show in just one episode, Phil. I know, I but I have to roundtable it back to you. Yes. Yeah, what did I think? I, I loved it. I honestly loved this a lot. It, as Tyler just said earlier, I think it had no business being as good as it was. And I am so thankful that they went the TV route 
as opposed to a movie route because mm. this would have been so rushed and so bad if it was a movie. It would have been like, who are these people? Why should we care about these people? At the end of the day right now, like Jake, even the opening scene with Kate Bishop witnessing um, the Battle of New York, you know, that leads uh, you to care about her a little more. Tyler, go ahead. I also love, I, I mean, I love... We, from the from the from the early days of this comic, we know how much I love like examining what it's like to live in a world of superheroes, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. like and, you know I, you know I, I'm not I didn't like the boys because I don't think that's how a world of superheroes would be. Mostly because like I don't think I don't think you'd end up with an effective counter movement. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that yeah, yeah like. Being someone who has to be like, I guess I got to learn how to kick ass and take names myself. Yep. I think it, it's also worth noting that like it had less than a 10% fall between episodes one and episodes yes, two. Exactly. That was, I was going to get there. Yeah. Uh, which right? like, at the end of the day, what? those are the stats to me that mean the most, you know, if you're going to be measuring, you have to measure how many, um, people obviously overall mean a lot, but then you want to see how much it's falling week over week because there are shows who tend to fall a shit ton between episodes. And then those are sometimes, and then yeah. people sometimes wonder why is this show being canceled? Well, it's because they're losing audience at an insane rate. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that trend, that line of best fit, this trend line, when it might actually be the trend is like steadily off. Like we saw, like we see regularly with weird science fiction shows. But yeah, I mean, Loki went from 2.5 mil at the opening to 1.9 at the end, which is a really good retention. That's not bad, especially for, uh, you know, uh, a Disney show that's kind of, I'm going to say for lack of a better term, aimed more towards your, your key demographic of 18 to probably the 18 to 35 demographic. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Oh, um, that's great that you guys are loving it. Yeah. So I look forward to liking it more. And I think, again, it, I'm going to go back to what's really going to help it at the end of the day is the fact that it is a TV show. We've talked about it, especially when we talked about Fal- Falcon and, and Winter Soldier, that this long form TV show is just overall can be better for certain characters, especially a mm-hmm. character like a Hawkeye, an introduction like a Kate Bishop. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of digging. But in terms of the meat and potatoes, it was pretty simple. You know, in episode one, we are introduced to a young Kate, young Kate Bishop. She sees Clint Barton doing his thing against the Chitauri in the Battle of New York. She decides, hey, I need to be a hero just like him. Um, Because, as Tyler just talked about, you know, it's living in the world where shit can go wrong at any moment, where shit can literally fall from the sky and kill your dad. Um, uh, So then, you know, flashback to current day. They're They're at a gala. At this gala, there's uh, uh, things are being auctioned after the Avengers compound was let go. Uh, so, among the things, you know, is the Ronin suit and the Ronin sh- and the Ronin sword. The tracksuit mafia, a Russian street gang, uh, want a watch. Whose watch? What watch? We don't know. There might be more to this. Might not be. We'll see. 
Um, and then that's when Kate Bishop essentially puts the Ronin suit on, defeats the tracksuit mafia, escapes their apartment, rescuing a stray dog, tracks down Armand to investigate what the hell is going on. And then she realizes that this Armand character has been murdered. Then the tracksuit mafia uh, catch up to her and Clint Barton makes the save. So it's a lot of introduction, a lot of like just setting the, the, the pace for at least what the story is going to be. But is there anything you guys want to talk about, Phil? Uh, you know, that it was interesting that Armand is a father of her new boyfriend or fiance. So obviously her mom is uncle. going to be getting close to this uncle, whatever, is going to be getting close to this criminal underworld, which obviously affects her in a lot of ways. And now she's got this relationship with Clint, right? Like with Hawkeye. So, you know, it's just, just pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah. Not really it, challenging. Yeah, it's, it was pretty straightforward. Simple story. Simple story. And I think you're right. It's better that it's a TV show. Yep. I wouldn't want to watch this in a movie theater. But yep. there's Tyler. opportunities to become more charming. Yep. Tyler, anything you want to bring up? Anything you want to talk about in particular with this episode, episode number one? Uh, I mean, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> my partner and I have both worked at high-end gals. I, I've been on both sides of the equation at high-end gals like that. I have both attended and worked at them. And, and Ash has worked at quite a few of them. So you've been a fat cat <laughs> in the past. Hmm? You've been a fat yeah. cat. Yeah. Well, and I have a lot of friends who are fat cats. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I pull well in the fat, fat cat community. Um, we, no one, no one who works that cares so much. That guy being like, I was the only person down here. No, anyone would be like, oh, thank God, there's more people working down here. That was honestly, 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 that was one of my first thoughts with this was, yeah, I've done catering. I fucking know what's up. No one gives a shit. Yeah, like, like, no. Well, it was funny because they sold that nobody gives a shit by the fact that she was able to just walk him back there just wearing a semblance of the uniform which was very dark and I mean that's that is very real exactly and that's real like we've all bought it like I'm like yeah that that would happen for sure yeah yeah, been there and then they betray it (laughs) in the same scene pretty much (laughs) yeah it's just that one little shit like yeah that I mean that guy going upstairs and being like how dare there be another person in the basement like I that's that supervisor I have so many other fucking problems. Yeah. yeah Ask Gary. Exactly. I did. He's right here. That's it, Gary. Gary but, wouldn't be coming down to deal with this. You know, exactly. Other shit like, to deal with. Yeah. Have you not done events planning or events work? There is a minimum of 12 disasters day off by law. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> honestly. So that was funny. What we're referring to right now is there was a scene during the auction that we were talking about where Kate essentially infiltrates the auction by um, grabbing a tray, uh, uh, an uh, appetizer tray, making it seem like she's working the room. Then she gets caught by another worker saying, hey, I'm the only person supposed to be here. And as we were just saying in catering, this would not be an effing issue whatsoever. 
Yeah, but then we get no tension, so. Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. but you can do it other ways. Yeah. And it was kind of cheap. It was I'll cheap, and them. it was an easy cop-out, right? So whatever. Yeah. That's, it is I'll what it was. Them. Anything else, Tyler? I mean, it was really good. I really like this show. Yeah. Same it's here. hard to talk about things you like, because you're like, yeah, it's funny. Yep. It's yep. not like I don't like it. I just don't care about it. It was TV. Bill, calm sure. down. Why do you have to hate everything so much? Calm down. Okay. I'm not hating anything. I'm just like, I just I was like, eh. Huh? What? No, okay. yeah. I, just for for it, I would argue, at least for me, it is the most watchable of all the Disney Plus shows. So oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's the most just like, I can sit down and have fun. Yes. Because Loki was like, okay. You have to pay attention. I've already talked about this. Like, we couldn't watch Loki first thing in the morning half the time because it's like, we're not yet. Yeah. Oh, no. It's just like Mandalorian for me, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay, I get two hours to enjoy it. And then I have to analyze it and rip it apart and do all that. Hawkeye definitely doesn't feel that way. So it's nice to have that. Guess what? I watched it and here's my decision. Look, you know, it's, and Falcon and Winter Soldier was the same way, but yes, I find that I can relate to this setting and these characters more than Falcon and Winter Soldier for some reason. Falcon and Winter Soldier got heavy, and they got heavy. Yeah. Anyway, so that, that was emotional. Yeah, it was at times really emotional, especially the first in the last couple episodes anyway moving on yeah. episode number two uh bill um uh kate bishop takes spartan back to her apartment <laughs> they're attacked by the tracksuit mafia uh they're forced to evacuate nope. uh they got left the best the- boy sorry they got the best boy you're forgetting the best part yes 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 yeah uh, uh they evacuate they left the ronin suit behind they relocate to the uh, apartment of Kate's vacationing aunt. Barton sends his children back home, saying he'll be back by Christmas, which is less than a week away. Uh, five now, days. Five days, to be exact. Uh, takes Kate back to where she is supposed to be working or where her, where her mom works as a security specialist. I really like this because essentially he wants to recover the Ronin suit, the Ronin sword, and call it a day. That was it. Um, And here's really where we see some fun back and forth between the two. And, you know, we're really seeing kind of like, you know, you know, that saying that they say, you know, never meet your heroes. Um, And I kind of feel like Kate kind of feels like, you know, she's a little let down by how uh, Clint actually is in real life. Well, I think she started like that, and then she kind of understood of, like, she likes Hawkeye, and she gets that not everyone else does, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think she's kind of seen, like, this guy's been through some shit, and, like, we can... I, I, and I like... She seems very... She's a character who is aware of the circumstance at, like, a higher conceptual level, because she seems to also get, like, oh, this isn't all about me. This isn't yeah. just, like, he's like, oh, fuck this person. Yeah. And very quickly, she's getting him to open up, right? And very quickly, she's getting him to change his his tune. Yeah. Which I like that compared to, you know, compare and contrast with Happy and Spider-Man and Iron Man in the first Spider-Man movie. Of, like, they treated him like shit. Like, yeah. That, that was part of the shtick, though, because 
they're the older adults in the room and they're trying to kid like make Tom Holland the kid, right? No, like, totally. But what I'm saying that it's good that you could you get the feeling that Jeremy Renner has learned from mistakes yeah. other mistakes. Yeah. Right? And he's very quickly being like, oh right. But uh but he's like one of the guys though out of all this that to be honest, I, I during Endgame and, and whatnot, I had a pretty big soft spot for Hawkeye in the sense that he was the most accessible Avenger. We were but, in his house. We were with his family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was, there was some real touching moments, which, you know, sold the Ronan thing even better for me. Right. Yeah, I mean, that he just got so discouraged with the, with the, with the snap that he went off the edge. Yeah. He started I, killing people and just saying, I'm going to be the judge, jury and executioner and all this. Yeah. I'm with you. Right. I, and I, now he's obligated to save her. From his past mistakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's what he's trying to, and keep his family happy. You know, that's the, the, the balancing act that he, that he's going to be trying to pull off in these episodes. Right. Yeah. It, it's a good dynamic. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It just was like, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have better memories when we, when we talk about it like this. Yes. I, Go ahead, Tyler. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say that, you know, for, for as much as we criticize Joss Whedon, and I'm happy to keep criticizing Joss Whedon. As he deserves he to claims, be. He claims, no, 100%, but a lot of people have reported that he fought really hard for that scene in Age of Ultron. And oh, there, yeah. I think that's important, and I think that you're right, Phil, of that. It's like, Hawkeye has long been, yeah, this is the one that's just a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's True. always supposed to be like, you know the one you can most relate to. Yep. So much so that he has hearing damage because of all his adventures. Oh, and that yeah. was such a good... Uh, how did it happen? I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Instead of being like, oh, it was this one thing. It's just like, you know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Clint gets the Ronin suit back from a firefighter. At a LARP event, probably the weirdest scene out of the first two episodes, a scene I didn't really care too much about. Um, then Kate is not having a easy time convincing her mom that her mom's fiancé is behind Armand's death. Um, they get into this weird back-and-forth duel, literally. Um, she then can, tries to contact Clint, um, not knowing that he is now captured by the tracksuit mafia. She then goes on a quick investigation, gets captured herself. Um, Their boss, Maya Lopez, is essentially called in and told of everyone's captivity. And that's where episode two ends. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I, I, I got two thoughts. Yes. Of we have... Now, at least three characters that are, are one degree of hearing impaired, it seems like. Right? So we have Clint, we have the head of the tracksuit mafia. Yep. And it implies possibly Clint's youngest kid. Yes. Hmm. It does imply Clint's youngest a lot. Which is awesome. I just want to give that credit of like, that's awesome. Yep. Nothing and, and they're all doing badass stuff anyways. Uh, I also want to touch on the LARP scene. Okay, go ahead. Because I, 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 
I'm not here to defend the LARP scene we got. <laughs> I'm here to defend the LARP scene I think we could have gotten. Yes, I, I agree there <laughs> with you. I just think that what ended up happening, and I understand, you know, you want to have some fun. It's it's it's, the, it's how the MCU is, right? It was your typical comedy in the middle of a bunch of serious stuff scene, and I'm fine with that. But I just think that considering what it was, they could have done a much better job with it. 100%. Like, they spent, there's a lot of, that's a flabby couple of scenes that don't need to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they have the whole thing of like you can only get hit twice, and that's not relevant. That's yeah. just not relevant. To what no, happens. There was no reason to add that line. There was no reason to to even state that, right? Yeah, that and you said, know what's interesting him? that the MCU yeah. has a does a great job of of not going into too much detail about everything, so that if you really yeah. give a crap, you can go out and do your own research. But then. For a lot of Marvel projects and MCU projects, it's particularly, they always over, over, um, give you too much info on certain things, and this this scene was one of them. Um, I kind of like it when they just kind of like assume that the audience, if they really want to know, mm-hmm. they're gonna read in read up into it. They do a great job of doing that with characters, especially in this in Disney Plus series. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I I mean I think that it would have been a, I think it was a really good overall message though of Clint seeing how just like how important sometimes the little dumb shit is. Yeah. To the little guy. That's awesome. Yeah. Totally get that. I understand that for sure. Mhm. Definitely right. made me think about that episode differently. So thank you. No, there you go. That's what we're here for. You know what else you're here for, yeah. Phil? Telling our listeners how they can get what? a hold of us. <laughs> and complain yeah. about angry old Phil. I'm telling you, I'm yelling at clouds. Well, you can track us down on our website at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can look us up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. I swear we read them. We really do. Um, you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere where you find podcasts, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And if you like what you hear so far, be sure to, uh, like, basically, you know, subscribe to the show would be great. And uh, leaving a rate review, if you can, on the platform that you're listening on. And as well, let a friend know. You can listen to people talk about stuff on a podcast. We do that on the It's Can Podcast. Yep. We are planning a bunch of awesome fun stuff on the show. Like I say, we are going to go going to go in depth of some topics. Uh, we are bringing in some guests. We are going to be having some fun with our Christmas episode where once again, each one of us will be gifting the other two something to watch. And on that episode, we are going to chat, discuss, get drunk and have fun um, and you know, that's 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 what we're here for. So again, thank you everyone for listening to the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything geek, everything pop culture, everything nerd. And guys, you know what the best part of it all is. I there's a little rabbit outside the dog from Hawkeye came by and told me it's all in canon. That's right. Oh, it's good all, dog, one eye. It's all in canon. He's Phil, he's Tyler, I'm Boris, it's the It's Canon Podcast. Thank you and good night.
crazy. 